You're listening to the Cyberwire Network, powered by N2K. And now a word from our sponsor, Netscope. Netscope is a worldwide leader in SASE and Zero Trust. Its unified platform, Netscope One, provides optimized access and zero trust security for people, devices, and data anywhere they go, helping customers reduce risk, accelerate performance, and get unrivaled visibility into any cloud, web, and private application activity. To learn more about how Netscope helps customers be ready for anything on their sassy journey, visit netskope.com. Online reactions and hacks in response to the Charlottesville rioting and homicide. Operation Leak the Analyst releases another smaller set of documents. The Shadow Brokers get some poor customer service reviews for their Exploit of the Month Club. Reputation matters in dark web markets. Google ejects Sonic Spy-infected apps from the Play Store. More HBO leaks, but no new messages. Oxford researchers describe Android library collusion attacks. And fellow security researchers can't believe Marcus Hutchins would wittingly do what the feds accuse him of. I'm Dave Bittner in Baltimore with your CyberWire summary for Monday, August 14th, 2017. The weekend's sad riot and homicide in Charlottesville, Virginia, reverberate in social media with outing of rioters and so on. Anonymous has protested the neo-Nazi rally that prompted the disturbance. They did so with a distributed denial-of-service attack against Charlottesville municipal websites in what they're calling Operation Domestic Terrorism, which seems wayward in its choice of target, since the Charlottesville city government certainly had nothing to do with welcoming or encouraging neo-Nazis. GoDaddy has ejected the Daily Stormer from its hosting service, telling the neo-brownshirt site to find itself another place on the web. The hackers working the Leak the Analyst campaign, afflicting minor pain on FireEye, released another small cache of material, only a fraction of which alludes to the company. Motherboard puts the total size of the dump at just 3 megabytes, but the hackers represent it as an expose that FireEye's account of the incident is hooey, the hacker's diction has grown more shadow brokerish, although in fairness the brokers are in general less obscene. They explained on Pacebin, quote, Guess what? We're going to punish the liars, the fat riches who care only about their stock shares. End quote. There's a bit more, including a motto, In Black Hats We Trust, some reviews of various journalists who've covered the campaign, mixed reviews, but more thumbs down than thumbs up. And in a kind of credit reel, the hackers give special thanks to APT28 and the Shadow Brokers. APT28, of course, is the group also known as Fancy Bear, by consensus Russia's GRU military intelligence agency. FireEye most recently reported on APT28 in a blog post last week in which they outlined the group's operations against hotel Wi-Fi systems in Europe and the Middle East. Their conclusions, among others, noted APT28's use of eternal blue exploits to propagate spyware across hospitality networks. Eternal Blue is the equation group code leaked this spring by the Shadow Brokers. FireEye is investigating this latest round of doxing operation Leak the Analyst. Their response is expected soon. Speaking of the Shadow Brokers, they themselves haven't been heard from much so far this month, but of course it's still early. They should resurface with the approach of September. 
but their wares are getting some poor reviews on Steemit. A ripoff, one dissatisfied customer writes with dismissive disgust. His review pertains to the June exploit of the month delivery. The shadow brokers ripped me off. I paid 500 XMR for their wine of the month club, and only they sent me a single tool that already requires me to have a box exploited. A tool, not even an exploit. The tool also looks to be old, and not close to what the shadow brokers said could be in their subscription service. So there you go. Caveat emptor. Spend your money elsewhere, kids. The brokers may not really need all that cryptocurrency anyway. Whatever wolf tickets they may be passing out on dark web markets. If the shadow brokers were seriously in the money-making business, which they actually may be, all appearances to the contrary, and unlikely as that seems, they might be concerned about the low degree of customer satisfaction such reviews might indicate. A team of sociologists' study concludes, in illegal markets, reputation is everything. Negative reviews in dark web markets may be one way of hitting otherwise inaccessible dealers. The research, which is being reported in the Journal of Quantitative Criminology, looked at illicit transactions in opioids conducted over dark net marketplaces. The transactions involved 57 sellers and just over 700 buyers. First-time buyers, and those were 82% of the buyers over the course of the six-month study, were found to value the seller's trustworthiness, as measured by the uncertain yardsticks of buyer reviews and scores, even more than they valued a bargain. So reputation in the dark web equivalent of Yelp mattered more than low prices. There's some suggestion that law enforcement might seek to manipulate ratings to disrupt illegal markets. It's an open question whether buyers of malware or cyber attack services are motivated in the same ways opioid buyers are. The question seems worth asking. Mr. Smith has leaked more stolen HBO material, no Game of Thrones this time, but episodes from Ballers, Barry, Curb Your Enthusiasm, Insecure, Latino Shorts, Room 104, and The Deuce. There are also some apparent HBO internal documents in the leak. Unlike the first two rounds of HBO leaks, there were no boasts, demands, or other special messages from Mr. Smith. Google has purged a number of sonic spy-infected apps from the Play Store, Researchers at the security firm Lookout last week reported finding about a thousand such infestations, and cleanup proceeds. Oxford University researchers are describing collusion attacks in a proof-of-concept that shows Android libraries could be exploited to reveal data to unauthorized services when libraries are shared among several apps. In industry news, two startups announced new funding— Wicker has raised $8.8 million, Dragos $10 million. And finally, Marcus Hutchins, the accidental hero of the WannaCry kill switch, is due to appear in a Milwaukee court today. Hutchins continues to receive widespread support among security researchers, mostly on the ground that those who know him, and a lot of people do, simply can't believe he'd wittingly and intentionally be involved with the sale and distribution of the Kronos banking trojan. Every day, your IAM tech debt grows. Your multi-generational services struggle to work together. Building an identity fabric can fix this. It makes all your identity tooling stronger and allows you to connect any app to any service you want to use with zero coding, zero maintenance, and zero app downtime. Strata's identity orchestration platform separates the identity logic from your applications so you can optimize existing IAM tools and manage them in a single control plane. 
Now, every vendor, standard, and architecture work together. In short, building your identity fabric means you can secure your non-standard apps, keep your complex access policies, retire outdated IDPs, and modernize in record time. So build your fabric with Strata Identity and get rid of tech debt for good. Visit strata.io slash cyberwire, share your identity priorities, and receive a pair of AirPods Pro. Offer valid for organizations over 5,000 employees. Connect today at strata.io slash cyberwire. The IT world used to be simpler. You only had to secure and manage environments that you controlled. Then came new technologies and new ways to work. Now, employees, apps, and networks are everywhere. This means poor visibility, security gaps, and added risk. That's why Cloudflare created the first-ever connectivity cloud. Visit cloudflare.com to protect your business everywhere you do business. And joining me once again is Robert M. Lee. He's the CEO at Dragos. There was a recent uh, uh, incursion into some Irish and UK power grids, um, but there were some particularly interesting details about these uh, attacks. So what can you tell us about that? Yeah, absolutely. So the intrusions that were reported specifically talked about intrusions into the power companies themselves. We don't know if it made it into the industrial control system environments yet, which would give us even more pause. But there was discussion about um, targeting the integration firms, the engineering firms. And as, as we talked about last time, that is the type of information that we don't want to see stolen because it could help adversaries potentially move into a stage two type ICS attack. What that really means to sort of break that down further is in the industrial control system environments, these are very weird and different environments than IT. They're very different from each other as well. There's no real ICS community. There's all sorts of little uh, sub-communities inside of that. And one substation of the power grid compared to another substation, even of the same company in that same region, could be vastly different, not only in vendors, but integration and physical equipment and physical process and how they're producing or distributing electricity. And so for an adversary to really do disruption or damage inside one of these environments, they've got to capture the understanding of that specific industrial process they're going after. Scalability is possible, as we saw with the crash override case in Ukraine 2016, but it's not trivial. And when you the sort of the more you scale it, the less disruptive or damaging it's going to be by resource expenditure. So going back to this third party concept. It's important for industrial asset owners and, and, and the community members to understand some of the most sensitive information about their industrial environments aren't contained in the ICS itself. Your IT networks probably have very sensitive information around how you're using the ICS, like billing and how you uh, identify how much power you're distributing to your local neighborhoods or how many cookies you're pulling off the manufacturing line. But at the same time, your integration firms and engineering firms and third-party folks have all your technical details around how the, the network was built. So if you combine the IT knowledge that has some ICS impact in it, you combine the integration in these third-party firms, and you combine what's going on inside the ICS and what's sort of ground truth, with those three data sources, you could start designing some attacks. So I, I usually recommend to folks – um, for those third-party assessments, really the, the IT OTPs, you just got to get that bridge built inside your own organization. But for those third-party sources, 
that's where we need to start seeing things like better service level agreements and an understanding that if breaches occur in an integration or engineering firm, that their customers need to be immediately notified and they should already have good forensic practices set up in their environment to understand what was taken and who might be at risk. All right. Interesting stuff. Robert M. Lee, thanks for joining us. With over 8,000 threat hunters analyzing over 65 trillion signals daily, Microsoft works tirelessly with the federal government to keep our nation's data secure. This 30-year-plus partnership is driving mission innovation that is secure by design. Whether optimizing your existing defenses or tackling advanced threats with AI, Microsoft gives you the intelligence and the automation you need to defend at mission scale. Let's work together to stay ahead of emerging threats and secure your mission anywhere. Learn more at aka.ms slash fedcyber. That's aka.ms slash fedcyber. And that's the Cyberwire. We are proudly produced in Maryland by our talented team of editors and producers. I'm Dave Bittner. Thanks for listening. And now a word from our sponsor, Zscaler, the leader in cloud security. Cyber attackers are using AI in creative ways to compromise users and breach organizations. In a security landscape where you must fight AI with AI, the best AI protection comes from having the best data. Zscaler has extended its zero-trust architecture with powerful AI engines that are trained and tuned by 500 trillion daily signals. Learn more about Zscaler Zero Trust plus AI to prevent ransomware and AI attacks. Experience your world secured. Visit zscaler.com slash zero trust AI.